This is David Bendet, Senior Pastor of Rock City Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. It's my heart to bring in special ministers from around the world that bring relevant messages that inspire you to become and do everything that the Lord has for you. My prayer is that this message will cause you to be awakened to the more that the Lord has in store. And may you be fired up for His purpose and plan for your life. And the Lord really surprises me at some things. Um, I was even telling my wife, I was really surprised of the, the presence, the deep presence that was with us last night. I love it when He comes like that. Man, it just wrecks you, doesn't it? And then when He gives truth and understanding, you're just like sitting there and zoned out, just staring at Jesus, you know? A lot of people got a lot of understanding last night. We've had now over... I think uh, almost 2,000 views just on that Facebook. We Facebook lived it last night, and man, my emails are blowing up because people are having experiences from last night, getting really a lot of clarity for their own life, you know, and uh, that's what we need. We really need clear vision, <laughs> and we need the ordinary man to start hearing the Lord because <coughs> you guys are the ones that are going to, you're going to change your city. You're going to change your region. We can't wait on uh, fancy leaders to do it. We've got to do it, right? I mean, if a, a group of little fishermen and tax collectors and stuff like that could turn the world upside down, my goodness, look at all these rug rats. We could do all kinds of stuff, you know, and change the whole world. It's time. It's time. I'm ready for it. I'm tired of sitting down. Good morning. <coughs> Turn over to Romans 12. Romans 12. I, I feel like I had something kind of hot on the press uh, during worship, <coughs> and so I want to kind of be obedient to the Lord this morning. <coughs> I had my own plans, had my own way, but boy, God orders your ways, doesn't he? Man makes his plan, but what? God orders his ways. In other words, man makes his plans, and then he manifests because God changes them. <coughs> Isn't that the truth? Y'all ever had plans? And then they didn't work out? That's because the Lord fought you not to do it. Isn't that awesome? You would have killed yourself if you would have made that plan. You know? Some people go, it just didn't work out. I can't believe the Lord didn't do that for me, blah, blah, blah. No, you have no idea. The Lord saved you from killing yourself. You know? But it was a good plan. Well, no, it wasn't. God's plans are the ones that are good. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. You ought to see you from here. Let's start in verse 9. Start in verse 9. This year, <clears throat> I mentioned it, uh, we're really going to be a loving church. We're going to be a loving people. But it's also, it's also not just going to be a corporate thing. I, I know a lot of times we're looking for corporate moves of God, but I don't think that's, that's necessarily going to happen like a big, huge crescendo. I think it's going to happen individually, kind of an underground revival type thing to where 
we individually get a re revelation of Jesus and his love, and it causes us to be loved. I think we need more of that than we do just a move of God. I think something God needs to move in us to where we get it for ourselves and we become the move. Because a lot of times when you're waiting on a move, you're not really a part of what God's doing. You're just waiting on him to do something so you can jump in, right? Like, can you imagine you being the move, you know? You imagine wherever you, you walk, heaven literally walks and you know it. How'd you like to walk in a grocery store and know heaven, literally know heaven is there? You feel it. You know it's there. It's tangible. That's the way Jesus walked. And I believe we're, we're coming into this era to where it's not just, you know, we're believing that Christ in us lives, which is awesome, but we're going to be aware that Christ is not only living in us, but he's around us. And, and that, that, that type of presence that's coming is going to be God's love. We've got to have love. That's what destroys the enemy. It's not just necessarily rebuking the enemy. Love rebukes him, casts him out, binds him up, and throws him back into hell. And we need that because no demon can reside in a place of love. Because he doesn't have it. And so when love comes, he can't be a part of what's going on. So he has to vamoose. He has to leave. He can't be a part of that, that nature. He can't be a part of that atmosphere, right? You okay? Yeah. All right. So let's, let's read just a little bit about this, and then I want to give you a little shadow of Jesus out of Scripture so that maybe God can impart with, to us an awareness of who, not only who we are, but who he is. Is that all right this morning? Then you guys can go drink your coffee, and I'll go get another macchiato so I can wake up more. <laughs> Number, uh, Romans 12, verse 9. Let love be without hypocrisy. In other words, don't be two people. Love somebody and then hate them later, right? Right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Get them, the Lord. Get them, Lord. I'm... In other words, don't love selectively. Write it down if you're taking note. This year, do not love selectively. Just love. I call it, you got to love without an opinion. Opinion is not truth. But when you love, love everyone. When you love, love on purpose. Don't love to get something, just love. That's why he's saying love without hypocrisy. Paul is actually writing from his own experience from a man that did this to him. Loved him without an opinion. Loved him without hypocrisy. Loved him with no hooks in it. He's looking at Jesus in his consciousness and he's trying to project to us not only what he's doing and what he's learned, but he's projecting to us what he's experienced. I don't know if you've ever ran into somebody that walks in love, but it is it will destroy you. It will totally make you first manifest maybe some weird stuff, but you also, after it's all over, you want to follow that person for the rest of your life because, man, you saw something you want. You saw something that pulls you to gravitate toward that and hang on to it for the rest of your life. Right? 
And so Paul is trying to not only just give us a description, he's trying to pull us in to where he is with Jesus. Because Jesus loves you without hypocrisy. He's not loving you to try to get you saved. That's what saves you. Love with no hooks saves you. Love with hooks keep you just totally confused and lost. He's not loving you to save you and bring you in the kingdom. That would be witchcraft. That's manipulation. He just loves you. And that just drives our mind nuts. He's got to want something from me. You know? And your brain is just messes up. He, I, I've never had this kind of love. But Paul is, has experienced it. And if you read Paul's letters, which are mostly, most of this New Testament is Paul's letters. And he can't help but talk about Jesus. And the thing about it, he talks about this love and this, all these wonderful things about God, and he's writing it in prison, dripping blood. Been beaten. We're reading from someone that's in darkness, writing letters to us. And you get to actually feel the love of God, and it brings you into a space with the Lord that you've never felt before. But it's coming from a writer that's in prison. Geographics can't hold love. Even though Paul was in prison, he was still feeling and experiencing a wonderful trumpet sound of love constantly just flowing through him. And he couldn't wait to find some light to write something to us to give us some type of blueprint of what it's like to be a prisoner of God it's not as bad as you think so remember we're reading from someone that should be complaining why have you got me in this place Lord they just beat me to death I'm not writing to the Romans I'm not writing I'm not writing to the Ephesians. You write to the Ephesians. You, you put me here. I can't believe you done. But he looked at it totally different. He put him in prison so that he could write to us about the love of God. Oh, Lord. Here we go. See, a lot of times God will put you in a prison. He'll put you in a terrible job. He'll put you in places uh, to get love to flow out of you. Not me. Because he's got to put you in a wine press to get that love pressed out of you. He's got to put you on a, on a place of a threshing floor so he could bring all of who you are out. But we're kind of subconsciously, you know, driven and taught in this world that your environment's got to be perfect and peaceful, and then that's the Lord, Right? Or I've got to have people around me that really love me. Hallelujah. <laughs> You'll forever be lost. 
you'll never be able to get to experience the love of God because you're not being challenged. This means yes, yeah. Your enemies are the ones that come to pull love out of you. true every time they beat him he they didn't realize they were pulling love out of him to save him to save them let love be without hypocrisy man we got all that out of that one statement abhor what is evil cling to what is good isn't that awesome cling to what is good i used to do this when i would get you know when I would manifest with the people that God would send me, I took this. I go, man, I've got, I'm manifesting. I don't like this person. And it says to cling to what is good. I've got to find something good about this person and cling to it until I get delivered. Y'all okay in here? <laughs> cling to what is good because every person has something wonderful about them. You've just got to find it and cling to it. Because that's God. And once you cling to it, you start seeing them because you're the one that gets, you, you start changing because you see something completely different about them. And it changes you, transforms you. Be kindly and affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Brotherly, you know what brotherly love is? That is messy, isn't it? Very messy. He's not just talking about us loving one another, you know, as Christians, but he's talking about all humanity. Your enemy's your brother. The world's your brother. All, this, all these people outside this building is your brother. And he's saying being kindly and affectionate, like brotherly love. Can you imagine you going up to a stranger and loving them like a real brother? Y'all, we both manifest demons. Because no one's doing that. Let's just read. The Lord's trying to help us. I know he's going to make us manifest because that's the way he uses me. He uses me to make you manifest. In, in honor, giving preference to one another. Ugh. Preference? That's like Jesus dying for us and we beat him and he, then he still gives you a throne. While you're beating him to death, he's asking the Father to give you his seat. What in the world? What kind of love is that? That's somebody that has no opinion. That's somebody that has put all of his eggs in and all of his investment in you. No matter how much you kill me, no matter what you say about me, I'm still going to bless you. You offended me seven times and I forgave you seven times. You offended me 70 times and I, offend, and I forgave you 70 times. And then I'm going to multiply that times 70. And I'll keep forgiving you. Yeah. 
I mean, how many times do we offend him each day and he's constantly forgiven? Right now, we're probably offending him. But he has no hooks. Sometimes I think, man, don't, Lord, don't you wish you had a few hooks, you know? Get mad every now and then and just slap somebody. But he can't even think that way. He doesn't have the aptitude. He doesn't have the nature to think like that. Can you imagine if the Lord had an opinion about you, what would happen to your life if he just had a negative opinion? You would die. Now take that in perspective, perspective of why people are dying now. It's because a lot of us, because we're now Christ on the earth as he is in heaven, but we still haven't been flushed out by learning who he is, and so we're having all these opinions, and it's really killing people. Because you have power. We have power. We walk in it whether you feel it or not. When you have a negative opinion about something, you speak something that's negative, it actually is sticking up roadblocks to keep them from finding the Lord and getting to their purpose. I remember a long time ago when I was in my 20s, the Lord was showing me the power of the Word. I was sitting in my den, and the, and the Lord just took me up into this atmosphere, and I was seeing a city, and I saw these, these I well, a bunch of biddies just, yeah, just pray for her because she has a problem. And they started saying all this stuff, and this little old lady that don't, didn't even know what was going on, she was rocking in her chair, this talk was going on across the city now, and she's laying there, and a big cut goes across her chest, and blood just starts coming out. And I said, what in the world of that? What is that? He said, that's the power of their words destroying her life. And she could, you, she's rocking in her chair. She was fine, but because of the words that were being spoken, she started falling under this depression. She was hearing things, you're not never going to make it. You're just an old bitty. You might as well just die. And she just started bending over. And in the spirit, I just see all of her insides just coming out. Just because of chatter. Thank God he don't chatter. Can you imagine if all the angels and God got together and look at old David down there. I'm going to tell you why. We'd all die if heaven started gossiping and chattering. Because love would dissipate. And you, you can't breathe without heaven being love. It's the sustenance of life. If it shrunk up and became bitter, you would die. You would literally fall out of your chair right now and you would die. Heaven's like the sun that we have on this planet. If it's not coming up, something's going to die. And you notice that when the sun comes up, it doesn't say, I'm not giving you light. You an ugly plant. You didn't even do anything yesterday and brought out you no know, fruit today. I'm going to not. It can't help it. It has to come up and give light to everything. Oh, God. 
we got to get up and give light to everything. Let God arise and what? God is not just somebody sitting on the throne. God is here. We are the body of Christ. He's waiting on himself to rise like the sun and give light to all humanity. And when you start giving light to all humanity, when you start loving like God loves, it dispels every shadow off of every person that's been destroying their life. All those spirits starts leaving. All of them. You don't even have to go into a religious spirit and rebuke it. You give life, I guarantee you the demons will leave. That's crazy. I'm telling you, ministry's about to change. It's going to look like Jesus instead of us. Life's going to change. I've had people love me without opinion. I manifested some bad stuff. They just want something. And the Lord says, I do? No, I don't want anything. That person is your visitation of me. You better grab a hold of him. I love without no hooks. Just not used to it. Always gets quiet. Can you feel the Lord in here? Man, I just want to cry. In honor and giving preference to one another. Give somebody a spot. Not lagging in diligence and fervent in spirit and serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope and patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer and distributing to the needs of the saints and given to hospitality. I love that one because that's, that's, the, that's the last one and that last one is coming. Hospitality will actually save our nation. It really will. That's what's coming. People are going to be going to houses because the house, uh, family house will be a safe place. We'll have people that will just flow in the spirit of hospitality and people will get delivered. They'll get free. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. I love that one. That would be one of the things the Lord works with me on. Uh, repay no one evil for evil. There's old Jesus again, isn't it? Does he repay you for evil? Oh, Lord, I'm amazed at how Jesus does it. You do something bad, he'll whack you with love. And you're like, man, this is awesome. Forgive me for doing that, Lord. I was a stinker. And you just love me. Kind of like Peter, you know, 
Peter actually just rejects him, betrays him, denies him three times. And before he does it, the Lord says he's going to do it. He said, but I've prayed for you, and when, when you come out of this, I want you to strengthen the brethren. That's crazy, isn't it? And Peter ends up being the very one that starts the church in Acts 2. But he, ju he just denied the Lord. How can he be the apostle? That's a fallen minister. Why is he in the pulpit? Okay. God, I love Jesus how he does it. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as it depends on you, you underline that one. Depends on you. Le live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Crazy. What are you talking about? Sounds like the cross, doesn't it? He let them beat him so that they could see God. He gave place to it in his life for their sake. Turned his back so that he could whip him. Turned the other cheek every time they hit him. He gave, gave them room to hit him more so that they wouldn't be judged. For it's written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, say therefore. He's about to get our attention. Therefore, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If you feed somebody, you actually have to take time to prepare the meal. You have to put part of yourself in, in it, don't you? You have to focus on them and their needs, the kind of food they like. Hey, what do you like? Can you imagine you hating me? And I go, hey, what is it you need in your life? Is there anything, what is it I could do for you? My mind is so focused on her needs instead of her hate for me. You imagine. That's the way Jesus is with you. Right now. He's not focusing on your junk. He's focusing on your needs. He's focusing on what can I feed them now? What, how can I help them? If he's thirsty, what? Give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So if you love like Jesus, and you love without opinion, if you feed them without a hook, you give them a drink without wanting something back, it releases power over their life and over their head to destroy whatever's controlling them. It sends coals of fire down upon their life, not to curse them and destroy them. It's actually destroying the realm 
that the enemy has actually got them in. You ever been felt where you feel like you, you, you get overcome by evil or something very negative? You ever feel that? Where it's just, I mean, it just you can feel the weight of it overtake you. Y'all ever been angry before? You know it's coming. Yeah. And when you give into it, man, you become the demon, right? But you can feel that, that spirit, that overcoming thing start to hit you. You can feel the wave of it. But how would you like to be the wave that overcomes that? Because Jesus was like that. He was the one, he was the spirit that would walk in a synagogue with an a man in there with an unclean spirit. And he was the overcomer. And so the huge wave of love would flood the synagogue in the spirit. And whatever was in there had to get flushed out. And a man comes running up there, up to him, you've come before your time. He, demons just come out of him because he's the wave. He is the move of heaven, the spirit of love in a man suit. Not saying a word, just stepping into a synagogue and things get released. People start manifesting. Getting, can you imagine me standing here and somebody run up to me and go, I hate you, you sorry. Y'all be like, what in the world? Get him out. That would be our son that loves in the room. Oh, Lord. If you ain't having people manifest around you negatively, you might want to check what kind of spirit you're walking in. Okay. Because a lot of times, have you ever walked into a room you felt somebody intimidated by you or they're looking at you like, don't even come close to me usually. <laughs> Y'all ever done that? Where you, and then you feel it? You ever felt it when you walk into a room? Come on with me. We're almost done. And what happens to you? You want to kind of withdraw like an old plant. You, you just kind of go over on the other side. go to the punch or something and you just kind of avoid it don't you you avoid it you don't realize that room needed you and you were like Jesus you were the wave and when it came in whatever was not God manifested and that person's manifesting you don't realize you're in the actual spirit of love that's causing that person to manifest you're doing it you'll be surprised the chaos you do. But, the, but this world has spun it in a different... Oh. Everywhere I go, I just get trials and y'all... Well, you're the one that's doing it. And you keep praying, I want to be an overcoming. I want to be a son of God. Shake the earth. And you've been doing it all your life. You just... Oh, Lord. You know, Jesus is the one that started the tribulation. It wasn't the devil. 
Oh, gosh. We need to start with 101 here. I mean, y'all. If you can realize the power and what he has made you to be on this earth, you can look back and, and look at the stuff you used to murmur and complain about, and you go, man, I was doing something great, and I made it awful. I complained, and I've caused all that stuff. That's, I don't need to start seeing something different. Most of the time when I walk in a room and I feel somebody manifesting, oh, yeah, I ain't going to get close to him. You can feel all that. I go right to him. What's going on? How you doing? <laughs> because I know that's my sign that love is on me. I know that's the sign. I've got to go help somebody. You look for the ones that are manifesting. Those are the ones that need the help. Oh, Lord. But we've been taught to avoid it, haven't we? Oh, I'm messing with you now. I know I am. It is so awesome. In other words, hey, the Lord's saying life is not as bad as you think. It's no longer you living, it's Christ in you living. There's hardly a day in Jesus' life where it was just peaceful. There was nothing like that. Walk with Jesus. He'll make you, I mean, it's awful. But when you start understanding how the walk of life and how walk, the walk of Jesus is, you start getting excited. It's different. You're looking at it different. <laughs> Y'all something. Okay, turn over to Luke 23. What time is it? Luke 23. Jesus, the life of Jesus is so awesome. I remember, you know, the Bible says, be careful when I come, you not be offended. I used to go, yes, hallelujah, I, I won't be offended when you come. And he sends somebody I can't stand. <laughs> oh, Lord, don't look at me like, you know that's true. He'll come in a man suit that don't even look right. You know, and, and you're like, I rebuke that. And you don't remember, you don't realize you're rebuking Jesus. <laughs> I'll never forget when he did that to me. The first time. Do you know the Lord came to me physically in my hotel rooms for almost two years and taught me stuff? Of course, my life just got destroyed. You have Jesus show up physically, you're gonna lose everything. What's not him is gone. It starts leaving. And then he told me at the end of those physical visitations, he goes, listen, I'm coming in a different form, so you're going to have to catch me. Don't be offended when I come. And I'm going, yes, Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. And I'm crying. And, you know, I'm doing the best I can. I think I'm, what I'm doing is pure. And he's probably looking at me like he's stupid, but I really love him. <laughs> And I said, oh, yes, Lord, I'll be ready, you know. 
Y'all ever done that, you know, where the Lord really speaks to you and you're really looking for it and it comes differently and then you rebuke it away? I'd like to have this job, and he makes you a janitor. <laughs> but you said I was going to be a CEO. About a month goes by, and you know how humanity is. You forget. You forget what he says. You know, I'm not really looking. I'm thinking he's looking for me. I, you know, I gotta, but you got to be watchful for when he comes. You got to watch. I wasn't watching. I was busy painting a bumper. I used to uh, do body work, mobile body work for cars and dealerships and stuff like that. And, and I was in the back of this dealership, and I was painting a bumper for them, and and all of a sudden, this big, large man comes out of nowhere, and he goes, what are you doing, boy? I went, what the? And he goes, what do you think about all these churches? I said, what do you mean? He goes, they got a religious spirit. They all need deliverance. I thought, you need deliverance. <laughs> I mean, I thought, man, this guy needs some help. But there was something in me that kind of stirred, you know what I'm saying? Y'all ever had that where you kind of get offended, but you know you got to love them type thing? It just felt like, man, I don't need to be getting upset. I need to love this guy. But, you know, me, I, stupid, like a donkey, I just kept judging him. And so he stood there and just talked to me about the spirit of deliverance and how the church needs to be delivered of a religious spirit. And, they, and he, said, they kicked my, he said, they kicked my spirit of deliverance out of the church. And I still didn't get a clue when he said, my And I painted that bumper as quick as I could, David, and I thought, man, i got to get out of here. This sucker's crazy. And I, I put my stuff in the van, and I, I got in the, started to get in the van. He goes, hey, boy. I said, yeah, yeah, what's up? He goes, you take care of that golden hand you got there. You understand me? I thought, you crazy sucker. I'm, and I got in the van, started to drive off, and the Lord just literally appeared in my van whoosh, like that. And it was that big man. I about, mm-hmm. You know, I just, I mean, it, I mean, I about pooped in my pants instantly, pulled right over on the, and when he dropped, it's like he dropped in my van, and all of a sudden he was the big guy, and then he changed into Jesus, and he just smiled at me, and he looked at me, he said, did your heart not burn? Why do you listen to your, why don't you listen to your heart instead of your head? It was him. When he came, I got offended. Because I had a, my mind wrapped around how God should come. And he should be coming the way I think. Instead of getting on his page. Because if you look at this Bible, he came as a carpenter. We'd got, we would have gotten offended. Just I understand why some of these folks got offended. A carpenter telling them what to do. They couldn't see it. 
I understand why Peter would get frustrated when Jesus says, hey, let's let out your nets for a catch when he's been fishing all night. He's a professional fisherman. A carpenter's trying to tell him what to do. Nevertheless, we'll do it. I can understand that. You'll be surprised how he'll come in your life. And the moment you get offended is the moment you need to look for Jesus. Because he has to do something to kind of shake you, to get you out of yourself and rely on the spirit instead of your own carnal mind. He'll shake you. He has to offend you. So that you can rely on Jesus. It's here. Man, I told him, I was sitting there crying. He said, Didn't it, did your heart not burn? I said, yes. I said, please give me another chance. I mean, I was just weeping. He goes, I will. Smiled and disappeared. Sat there on the highway just crying, still asking for forgiveness, you know. We're going to make it. We're going to start seeing Jesus in some of the most roughest people. The crazy thing about it is when you start seeing Jesus in very rough people, your eyes change and the way you look at them. And when you look at them and you see Jesus in this old hidden vessel, because he always comes in a, a vessel. It's an earthen vessel. It doesn't look too good. Right? And when you start to see him in the earthen vessel, you, it's like all the other stuff is gone. The only thing you can see is a good person. And the weird thing about it is your eyes change into love. And the moment you see them through the eyes of love is the moment they see love in your eyes and they begin to change. Nobody's going to open up if you're not seeing them through love. I can't help. No one can help someone being offended at them. You shut doors down in their spirit. But man, when you start loving them, your eyes change and they go, they're thinking, man, he really cares for me. And they start opening up. That's the same way Jesus does with us. But he's wanting a company to be that nature. Not one person. He's wanting all of us to be the eyes of the Lord, roaming to and fro, finding people, loving them right where they are. All right, Luke 23. Let's watch this love. Luke 23, verse 26. Y'all okay? I'm almost done. Preachers always say that. Now as they led him away, they laid hold of a certain man, Simon, a Syrian, who was coming from the country, and on him they laid the cross, that he might bear it after Jesus. 
And a great multitude of the people followed him and women who also mourned and lamented him. But Jesus turning to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For indeed the days are coming in which they will say, Blessed are the barren, wombs that never bore, and breasts which never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountain, Fall on us, and the hills cover us. For if they do these things in the greenwood, what will be done in the dry? Now, the wonderful things about this, I know there's a lot of revelation of what he said, but the true, one of the greatest revelations is that he's, he's just carried a cross, he dropped it on Simon, and he's still thinking about everybody that's lamenting. And he's got, his bones are showing. You've you got to understand, his, everything is bleeding out of him. And he's still not thinking of himself. He's trying to help them with what's coming. He's still, try he's still trying to give them instruction and reaching out to help them while he's bleeding to death and hadn't even made it to Golgotha yet. Can you imagine a man stopping that's bleeding to death to actually try to give you instruction to help you? That's beyond our imagination. A crown on his head. It was literally stuck in him. Some of them were going through the skin and piercing out the other side. And he's still thinking of us. And his father sees him so burdened that he can't carry the load anymore. And you see the father's love by sending Simon. He happens to be passing through. And the father is crying because he sees his son. And just as he sees his son bearing the load, he, he can't take it anymore. So he sends someone else to carry it. And while he's dropping the load, he's taking another load up that's going to come upon the people. And he's trying to help them and give them instruction. That's crazy. Just as the father was thinking of him, and he, the father weeping, Jesus is doing the same thing to the people just as his father's doing to him. Because he can't do anything unless he sees his father doing it. God, that's strong. That's a man right there. People are watching this. You've got to remember, people are watching it. They've never seen this before. And they're following that thing like, God, isn't he going to ever curse them? Why don't he turn around and use his power to destroy these Romans? He's helping her and what? And they, follow the, they follow that thing all the way up, still watching how he's moving. And even though he's in great pain, he's still thinking about everybody. There were also two others, criminals led with him to be put to death. 
you got to remember the criminals are walking with him. They're watching him. One particular is starting to see something. <laughs> and it's changing him on the way. He's seeing a man that's still loving. He hasn't changed his nature. By the time he hangs with Jesus, a criminal, someone that rightly should be on the cross, that rightly should be put to death and condemned and damned for the rest of his life, he hangs with Jesus. And he watches how Jesus is actually caring for people. And it doesn't matter who it is. He starts realizing this is him. He's loving everybody. But he doesn't realize as he's watching Jesus, he's being transformed himself, even though he may be a criminal and justly so you don't be on a cross just as Jesus he and that man that knew no sin became sin so he became a criminal too so that we could get free he took on all of our sins and this man's watching him he has no idea that his whole mind his whole body everything about him is starting to change he doesn't realize it God is speaking to him, and he doesn't even know it. It's changing his whole life. Look at verse 34. Then Jesus, while they're hanging, it's Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with him sneered he saved others let him save himself if he's the Christ the chosen one the soldiers also mocked him coming and offering him sour wine saying hey if you're the king of the Jews save yourself now watch this in 39 then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him saying if you're the Christ Save yourself. Now watch this other one. Watch this other guy. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the condemnation? And we indeed justly will we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. You see something there? That man just became like the Lord. And he becomes a mediator for Jesus while he's hanging. The criminal has been beaten too, but his mind has changed just like the Lord. He's not even thinking about his pain. He's thinking about trying to help Jesus. Oh, God. You see the first son which is a criminal, to become a son of God with Jesus. 
He's taking up for the Lord. Be quiet. Can't you see that we deserve what we're getting? But this man is holy. Even Jesus at that point in time needed encouragement from his father. So he had to use a criminal to help him get all the way through. imagine what it did to Jesus I mean he's 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 spent he's already given everything he's got his mind is falling and at the appointed time the criminal encourages the Lord oh God Pushed him through. His, his father was telling him, hey, I still love you. You're still holy to me. You may look nasty. And you, you're becoming sin and you stinketh. But to me, you're holy. And then he says, what did, what did, remember me when you come into your kingdom and Jesus is now so encouraged even though he's in pain and reaches out to his first son says you'll be with me in paradise two lovers kissed on the cross The most greatest place you can ever see love is right here in Golgotha. If a criminal that is due to be, he, sh he should be hung, he has done wrong. If a criminal can love that is in pain and hanging on a cross, I know I can I just got to get out of myself and focus on Jesus. And if I focus on Jesus, whether I'm in pain and my life is, is, whether my life is, you know, pulled apart and I'm bleeding to death, if I look at Jesus, I'll still become him. Because if you gaze upon the mirror, if you gaze upon Jesus, you're transformed into the same image that you're looking at. And you become love. Doesn't matter how messed up your life is, you'll become love. And you'll end up saving others. Okay, Bible study is over. Let me pray for you. Lord. Woo. Lord. I know I didn't preach this. This is revelation of you. You're showing yourself again so that we can be transformed. And Lord, I pray right now that the revelation of Jesus and the revelation of your love would hit us like an atomic bomb 
blow up all of our foundations of the way we think. We want to know how you think. We want to have that kind of mind. If you can bleed to death and still save us, my God, I know we can because you, you didn't come just to save us. You came to show us who we are. If a criminal can be that way, Lord, I know that we can. And just by looking at you, it changed him. And I pray right now, Lord, that the Father's big hands would take our cheeks and turn our cheeks back to his son and cause us to be transformed again and we become loved this year. That your body would rise up again and be Jesus on this earth. Shake the world, Lord. the body of Christ. And Lord, I pray that we would have eyes to look for you wherever we go. Even in the most earthen vessel, we would choose to find you. We would cling to things that are good and spit out those things that are evil. Most of all, Lord, early this morning, we want to just say thank you for being here. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for opening up the Bible and your word to us so that we can see you again. That's the only way we can change. And I ask that you bless each family that's here. And I ask that you keep them safe as they go home. I ask that this revelation would stay on them like glue. That they would be forever marked by your message that you've given about your son. We ask that in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a message from one of our ministry friends and family at Rock City Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. If you'd like more information on the ministry, please visit our website at www.rockcitycorpus.com or feel free to check out our Facebook page of Rock City Church in Corpus Christi. Have an awesome, rockin', fired up day!